Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. We're going to continue there. Um, the theme for our church for this year is be the church, and that's what we want to to understand and learn about what is it going to take to be the church. And then, of course, this first quarter uh, is along the lines of our identity. And um, when, we, when we identify with Christ, it's not that we uh, live like we have lived when we were in the world. Um, we come out from among them and be separate it is a change in our life, and um, let me put it this way, I know that there's a lot of people in the world today, that, uh, even young people, that they just want to know that you are what you say you are, and you're living the way you uh, believe, and um, they just want people to be honest with them. So, as we look at that, you know, people that are, we're trying to reach in the world, uh, we, we're really not going to be able to reach them for Christ if we are living our life like we did when we were in the world. We're not going to reach them for Christ. Um, there is a difference. Can I hear an amen? amen? There is a difference. There is a change. And I know there's a lot of things we're, we're going to be talking about probably in this quarter about identity uh, of being the church, and we can go down a list of things, but tonight I believe that um, what we've been teaching in the book of Romans chapter 8 is a part of our identity, that we are spirit-filled, that we are apostolic, we, uh, we walk in the spirit, we stand upon the truth of the word of God. But having God's Spirit living and dwelling with inside of us through the power of the Holy Ghost uh, brings forth an identity. It brings forth that identity of God in us. We're going to talk about that a little bit here tonight. Um, I, I do know that when we receive the Holy Ghost, there is a change. And I just look at it through just common sense, that if there's not a change, then we probably need to go back and seek God again until we get what we need from God and get change. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, you truly get the Holy Ghost, there is an, a miraculous change that happens in your life. I know, I've been there, I experienced that. And it's not just something that happened back years ago, it's something that continues to happen in my life and in your life, uh, but it brings forth an identity. And I've mentioned this before, uh, it's, and I've experienced these things not just in this illustration, but uh, I know you have also, uh, but I walked into the house of a customer in East St. Louis several years ago, and I was there to work on their furnace, and as soon as I walked in, 
I could just sense something different there in this house. That was just in a neighborhood with all different types of houses, you know, in that area. But I kind of felt something different. So as we, the, the man came and let me in, and we were by the furnace, and we were working on it. We were just talking, and then um, uh, we were just talking about different things, and somehow we got off on religion, church, God. Uh, but he, he asked me, he said, um, he said, do you have the Holy Ghost? And I said, yes, I do. He said, you spoke in tongues? I said, yeah, I have. He said, I knew something was different about you. And I told him, you know, I felt the same thing. I felt something different about you uh, because you have the Holy Ghost. And we got to talk, and he believed everything I believed as far as the Word of God was concerned. Uh, but, but we didn't even have to say anything to anybody. We just sensed it. We just sensed it through the Spirit of the Lord. When you have the Holy Ghost, you can sense things in the spirit realm. And you could go someplace uh, and sense something that is not right in the spirit, and you don't feel comfortable there. And you could also sense something right in the spirit, and you do feel comfortable there. So the Holy Ghost is a powerful identity, identifier of who we are. Receiving the power of the Holy Ghost, and not just receiving it, but walking in it. Walking in the Holy Ghost. Um, there is nothing more powerful in my life than that day that I received the Holy Ghost. I repented of my sins. Something had to die in me before I could experience something full of life. Something had to die, and I had to die in repentance. I asked God to forgive me. I died to the old sin. I laid him at the altar, put him under the blood of Christ, and then I just started telling the Lord how much I loved him. I started praising him, and all of a sudden the power of the Holy Ghost came in me, and I began to speak in another tongue. It was a sign of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, the Bible says to the unbeliever, what a, what a beautiful sign that it is. Um, taking one of the most unruly members of our body and taming it to speak in tongues. That's, that's a beautiful experience, a beautiful thing. Uh, but not just that, and I, I feel very strongly that the fruit of the Spirit that we bear also identifies us because it comes through the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, when we walk in the Spirit, it is an identifier of our life. Now, if we're not bearing fruit, I just go back to the common sense again. If we're not bearing fruit, we need to go back to an altar and get a refreshing and bear fruit so that we can be identified as a child of Christ. Um, identifiers in our world are symbols and, and different things that the world identifies that I'm a Christian, so you should see this, you know, the fish on the back of your car. Uh, some people relate that to you're a Christian, which that fish, if you ever tried to want, you know, you ever tried to figure that out, why the fish is part of a Christian symbol? Well, it goes back, and I don't have all the details, but it goes back to the, you know, the uh, making you a fisher's of men and things like that, but it's an identifier of the apostles. 
um, that I'm a, an apostle or a disciple of Christ. And I'm sure it's a whole lot deeper than that. But uh, symbols don't really tell the story. Um, someone that is demon-possessed could have a symbol that would identify with Christ, but doesn't mean that they're living for God. You know, see, symbols of the world that they put tags on things doesn't show the identity of a true person, what's inside. We could put up anything. You know, I could, I could, um, you know, I could, I could wear a shirt that says MLB, Major League Baseball, and tell everybody I'm the greatest baseball player of all time. That doesn't mean anything. Because when they watch me play baseball, then they would understand you're not a professional baseball player. Um, the fruit that we bear is an identifier. But it comes through the infilling of the Holy Ghost and also keeping the Holy Ghost fresh within our lives and walking in the Spirit. That's the reason why it's so important for us as children of God to keep this thing refreshed within us. If it's been a while since we prayed through to the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues, we need to go back to an altar and refresh it, revive it, uh, if it's in your home, it's in your, if it's in your bedroom when you pray through, or if it's out in a, under a tree somewhere, or if it's in church or wherever it is, it's important for us to get a reviving and a refreshing and keep this thing stirred up within us. Um, so Christ in us, we're talking about identity of being the church. Uh, not only are we in Christ, as we've read in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, not only are we in Christ, but he is also in us. He is in us. You see, when the scripture uh, was written in different points in the, in the biblical context here, you, you know, it talks about us in him and him in us. So it's got to go both ways. In a relationship, one-sided relationship is probably the worst, most terrible thing to have. A relationship where love is expressed on one side but is not expressed on the other side. A relationship has a, a love relationship that goes both ways. The relationship of marriage uh, will fail if it's only a one-sided relationship. If it's two-sided, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stand. It's going to be strong. But in a relationship, you've got to keep that thing revived, and refreshed. So it's the same thing with us in the Lord and Him and us. Um, when someone walks away from the Lord or backslides, it does not mean that the power of God has diminished in any way. The Bible says that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is consistent. His power never gets weak. His power is always uh, the strongest power of any power that there is. Satan has no power 
other than what God allows him to have. God could take it from him right now. He gives him the power of the air, but he has no power other than what God gives him. We, 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 can, we can overcome him through the power of the Spirit of God. But it's so important for us to keep it fresh within us. It's not that we are in Christ, but he is also in us. And because God cannot abide in a sinful home, the body, the old man, had to die when Jesus came in. Um, Jesus wants to live in a house or a temple. The Bible says this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's important for us to keep it right so that it's comfortable for the Lord to live in. Very important. Um, I have been through the years in my type of work through in some homes that were immaculately beautiful and clean and amazing. And I have been in some houses that I was a little leery of even walking in with my work boots on, not because it was clean, but because it was so dirty, I was afraid I was going to get my work boots dirty. And some places are very, 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 very dirty. But the thing about it is the Lord wants to live in a house that is pure, that is clean. It's not that we're perfect. That's not what he's saying. We are human. But it's something that we keep ourselves uh, refreshed in the Holy Ghost Repentance needs to be a part of our walk with God to keep this thing refreshed within us. Keep going back to the altar. Sometimes asking God to search our hearts whether there's anything there or not. Search my heart, Lord, see if there be any wicked way within me. Keeping this thing fresh. But the Lord, uh, when he came into our heart and soul, he, something had to die. The old person had to die before he came in. Uh, we, cannot, we, can, you know, we cannot receive the Holy Ghost until we have repented. When we've repented, we've truly repented, we're going to receive it. It's a gift from God. It's a part of salvation. Death, burial, and resurrection. Repentance. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and filling of the Holy Ghost. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 11, 12, and 13... It says here, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, Verse 13, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, that word mortify, uh, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Mortify, the meaning of that word is to put to death. To put to death. 
And then another part of that meaning of that word is by death to be liberated from the bond of anything. By death to be, to be liberated from the bond of anything. Literally to be made dead in relation to something. Now I realize we live in this human body. We, and, and some people misinterpret that, and I've even heard stories of even young people that were so messed up somehow, whether it was drugs, alcohol, mental case of some kind, that they actually took things and they began to, there was one young lady that plucked her eyes out. She, she was messed up on drugs, but she was looking at it like, and she was not one that actually was totally in church by any means, and wasn't even, she wasn't apostolic by any means. She was, she, was, uh, she was messed up in a lot of ways. But she was looking at it like plucking her eyes out was going to help her to do right and, do, and live right. Now, what we're talking about is this, this desire of the flesh that is trying to get us a desire to sin and to do a disobedience to God's word, it doesn't mean that you kill yourself to, to, to kill the flesh. No, you're killing those desires and those drives to commit sin and the only way to do it, as the scripture says, is through the Spirit, through walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you destroy, um, and, and you literally uh, be made dead in relation to something. That flesh has not the pull that it used to have on your life. That stronghold for you to do wrong and to walk away from God. You see, our debt, as the scripture says, is to the spirit, not to the flesh. We are not debted to the flesh. We're debted to the spirit. Let me read that again. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify or kill the deeds of the body, ye shall live. This is showing here the importance of us walking in the Spirit. Walking in the power of the Spirit of God. When people walk in the Spirit, there are times that God speaks to them. Shows them things gives them a word to speak to somebody else to give them help and strength. Uh, some people that don't understand the power of the Holy Ghost, they don't understand this where the Lord speaks to you. When you have the Holy Ghost, God does speak to you. You can hear it, you can sense it, and the more he speaks, the more you recognize that voice of the Lord. It might not be an audible voice that you hear. Sometimes it is. But you can sense in your spirit that God is speaking to you. 
There's times that God has spoke a prophetic word and you can sense it in your spirit. You knew it. You knew it was God that was saying it. Um, I remember several years ago, I've talked about this before, it was in the old building. I was in my office before church and I was praying and just asking God to touch the service and God put one word in my heart and it was the word suicide. And I knew as it began to burn in my spirit, I felt that word suicide. And it was not that I was wanting to commit suicide. That wasn't the case. I just felt like that I needed to say that, that mention that word in the service. For whatever reason, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord speaking that to me. There was a reason behind that. And I got up behind the pulpit, and I remember, and I don't know if some of you remember this, but I got up behind the pulpit, and I told the congregation, I said, the Lord has laid upon my heart, and it keeps coming back to my mind and in my spirit, the word suicide. The word suicide. I said, we need to pray. So we began to pray in that church service. And as we began to pray, there was two visitors that were there. And uh, one was a lady from... Indiana. She went to a church there, an apostolic church there in Indiana. And the other was a young lady that was in, lived in St. Louis, I believe it was, or close here somewhere. And they met at our church in the old building. And as they met there, I found out, and we, in that prayer, we just started praying for people in that service. And we, and this young lady started praying, and Sister Fallon, I think that was her name, from Indiana, remember her name, Sister Fallon? She's passed away now, but she would come and visit every now and then at the church. And uh, um, she, we, we were praying, and we, we ended up, some of us went back and started praying for this young lady. And I found out later that, that she was getting ready to commit suicide. She, uh, I don't, she evidently felt like no hope. There's no hope. And sister, uh, the sister from Indiana came and met with her, and they, she said, let's go to church. They came to our church, and God spoke the word to me to deliver that word, and we began to pray, and she was, had no idea that she was thinking about committing suicide. And God broke something that day in her life. But it was the power of the Holy Ghost. It was the power of the Holy Ghost laying that, and speaking that word to me in that service. And God delivered her. It was a meeting from two different areas coming together, and God met them and, and touched that young lady and healed her of that desire to commit suicide, spared her life. You see, the power of the Holy Ghost does a lot of work if we walk in the Spirit. There's so many things that God wants to speak and minister to people's lives through his people. It's apostolic ministry. And it comes to all of us that are filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just, uh, it's not just for the pastor, the pastor's wife. When we walk in the Spirit, we pray and seek God and put the Word in us and just walk in the power of his Spirit and not after the flesh, um, there's life comes forth. 
You see, when we walk after the flesh, if we walked out of that service and we just walked after the flesh and didn't let God speak to us, she might have committed suicide. That was death. But because there was a walking in the spirit of our congregation and people in that service were sensitive to the Lord, our congregation was sensitive to the Lord to go back and pray with her. It spared her life. We were walking in the spirit, so it brought forth life, not death, life. By the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. Mortified. When we put to death the deeds of the body, you force the sinful flesh to submit to the spirit. You force the sinful flesh to submit to the spirit. It only happens by the spirit. That's the reason it's important for us to identify as a child of God, being the church, to walk in the spirit. That is the identifier of an apostolic Pentecostal church. There's power in that. There's nothing more dead than an apostolic church that doesn't walk in the spirit. The apostolic Pentecostal church. When you walk into an apostolic Pentecostal church, you expect there to be a move of the spirit. You expect there to be worship. You expect there to be prayer. You expect there to be praying for miracles and miracles take place and people being received in the Holy Ghost and powerful things happen. There is nothing more dead than an apostolic Pentecostal church that doesn't walk in the spirit. I've been in a few through my lifetime, but I've been in some that was like bouncing off the walls of power. You see, the identifier for us is to be filled with the Spirit and to walk in it. And not just let it happen at the time I receive the Holy Ghost, but let it be refreshed in us, walking in that. You know, if, if we don't allow that sinful flesh to submit to the spirit through the spirit of the Lord then we're going to when we walk, if we walk in the flesh we're just going to be just like the Pharisees and the spiritually proud they were as, as it was said in the Bible like whited, or whited sepulchers they looked good on the outside but on the inside was dead men's bones dead men's bones death uh, the Pharisees would stand on the street corner and pray and fast so everybody would know it. They were walking in the flesh, not the spirit. Uh, when you walk in the spirit, you don't have to, I know a lot of people use the phrase, toot your own horn. You don't have to let people know that you are some kind of super spiritual person. <laughs> you just walk in the spirit, trust me, the fruit will come forth and... Uh, uh, besides, God hates pride. We don't have to walk in, in, in a way that just, I just got to tell everybody about who, you know, that I am super spiritual. No. You just walk in the Spirit and people will sense it. They will know it. They will know it. We walk in the Spirit, we're pointing people to the Lord, not us, to the Lord. So it's an identifier. Our obligation as a child of God is to live in the Spirit. 
live in the Spirit. And our debt is to the Spirit, not to the flesh. The book of Romans, and I already read 12 and 13, but I want to read them again, these two verses here. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live through the live, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. The flesh, those desires to do wrong, the flesh is an is a rebellion against God. That's what the Bible's talking about when it says it's enmity against God. When you're walking in the flesh, it there is a dividing. It, it's it's a it's it's actually rebellion against God. Walking in the flesh gives us nothing good spiritually by any means. So we have no obligation to pamper our flesh. Our debt is to the Lord, not to the flesh. He's the one that paid the price for us. He's the one that gave his life for us. He's the one that shed his blood for us, sacrificed himself upon the cross for us. Um, Our life is indebted to him. He took our place. We were rightfully the ones that should have been there on the cross for our own sins, but he paid the price for us. So, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Paul constantly reminds us that living after the flesh ends in death. Matter of fact, do you remember in the Bible where it talks about when you stand at the judgment seat of the Lord and if, if you're not ready to meet God, of course, you know, we, we look at the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was laying at the steps of the rich man's house, but when they both died, the Bible said Lazarus went to the bosom of Abraham, which is a heavenly place. But the rich man, where did he go? He went to the lake of fire because the Bible was saying that he was, he, they were, you know, he was looking up to and speaking to Abraham and saying, um, you know, he was saying, you know, send Lazarus to just touch, you know, uh, touch a drop of water on my tongue. That's how bad it was. He also said, you know, send uh, you know, if you if you send Lazarus back from the dead, you know, then they would both, my my family would believe. And the word that came forth was, if they won't believe the the prophets, then they will not believe someone coming from the back from the dead. What does that say today? I I, I look at that, and I was thinking about this here about six months ago that. You know, there are preachers that preach the word, teachers that teach the word, and if they won't believe the word of God, that expresses right there that they would not believe someone coming back from the dead and preach it to them. What it says to me is we need to believe the preaching. We need to believe the teaching as long as it's the word of God. If it's the word of God, it's God's word. We need to believe it. We need to believe it. And 
the Bible's preached. I mean, the Bible even says that, you know, it's by the foolishness of preaching. Um, sometimes it does seem like a lot of foolishness. And every deliverer is going to deliver it different than other deliverers of the word, messengers of the word of God. But it's the word of God, we need to believe it and receive it. If you pick up the Bible and start reading the Bible to yourself, you need to believe it because it's the word of God. That's what we need to believe is the word of God. The power of the word of God. Matter of fact, we need to trust the word. We don't have to help the word out. Speak the word. The word has power. We can trust the word of God. There's power in that word. There's victory in that word, deliverance in that word, freedom in that word, liberty in that word. But sometimes we do need to be reminded that like Paul was trying to remind us through the word in Romans, that living after the flesh always ends in death. But there's you can even read in the, in, the, in the Bible where it talks about they came up out of the lake of fire, stand before the throne of judgment, and they were cast back in the lake of fire if, they were, if their name was not written, written in the book of life for the second death. Living in the flesh, it all ends up in death. The wages of sin is death. But walking in the Spirit is life. When you leave this world, um, uh, when, when people leave this world, just take for instance Lazarus. When he left this world, he didn't go to a pit of, of lake of fire. He went to a place of life. He parted from this world. Uh, he might went through the, the, the portals of, of death to the body, but he lived in eternal place in the Lord. It's life. It's the reason why the devil wants you to walk in the flesh, live in the flesh. He wants you to crave the desires of the flesh and sin. We need the reminder because we are often deceived into thinking that this flesh offers us life. It doesn't. It offers death. It offers us uh, walking away from God. It offers us uh, pleasing ourselves instead of pleasing God. The battle between the flesh and the spirit, the flesh is enmity against God. The walking in the spirit is life. Paul tells us that not only are we saved by the work of the spirit, but we also must walk by the spirit. If we want to grow and pursue uh, our holiness unto the Lord. Here's a, an important part of that that we cannot be like some among the Galatians who thought they could begin in the spirit but then find spiritual perfection through the flesh. Galatians 3 and 3 says this. Are ye so foolish? Question mark. Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Of course, this, this kind of, to me, goes back to what I was talking about before, earlier in, our, in this lesson, the, the progression of allowing the flesh to rule your life. The progression, it's little things that start creeping in. You start, 
giving up this in God. You start giving that up God in God. You stop coming to church. You stop, you stop worshiping. You stop praying. You stop desiring to even be in the house of God. You want to be around others that are pleasing the flesh. And then you, you get to a point where you're wondering, how in the world did I get here? Because you allowed the flesh to progress in your life and lead you away from God. But in Galatians 3 and 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? When I've seen it from both perspectives. I've seen people come to the Lord and give their life to the Lord and get all excited about living for God. And they're walking with God. And then I see little fleshly things start creeping in. And you, as a pastor, you try to show them the right way. And you try to teach them the right way. And you say... You try to let them know, you know, that's going to affect you. That's going to hurt you if you continue to do that. I've, I've had people come to me and ask me my advice about certain things. And I, and I told them what the Bible says and what I felt was the right thing for their life. And then the next thing I find out, they've done completely the opposite of what I even said. It's their choice. I'm not here to force people to live for God. If I... If I got by, away with it, maybe I would try. But it doesn't work that way. We all have a free will. We can live for God or not live for God. It's our choice. I can preach the word. I can teach the word. But it's up to us to receive the word and walk in the word. One of the things that's going to keep you is to walk in the spirit. You've got to keep that power of the Holy Ghost strong in your life. Strong in your life. There is a place called heaven that the Lord has prepared for us. We can't even imagine what it's going to be like. We think we can, but we can't. How great it is, how beautiful it is. But just as great as heaven's going to be is just how terrible and, 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 and pitiful it's going to be in hell. It's going to be a pitiful place. But I've seen it from both perspectives and both sides. I've seen people start out with God and get so strong and love God and they let fleshly things creep in. Then they get to the point, as Galatians 3 and 3 says, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? They get to the point where they start making excuses for the flesh, that the, you know, living in the flesh, pleasing the flesh, have a little sin here, a little sin there. It's okay to do this. God's going to be okay with it. He loves me. He's, you know, he's going to put up with it. And then we get to a point where we're actually justifying the flesh and thinking and deception that we're made perfect by the flesh. But I've also seen it from the flip side of that. I've seen people start out with God to receive salvation, receive the power of God. They don't understand everything about it, but then they, they begin to grow in it. They hear the word. They're like baby birds. I've heard this before. They're like baby birds with their mouth open. They're hungry. They're wanting more, and they receive a little here, a little there, and they start growing and growing, and they become stronger in God as they go. That's really the way it needs to be. But you can start out with God on fire for God, and that's fine, as long as you are growing in God, learning more in God, getting closer to God, building the relationship in God. That's the direction we need to go. 
if, and I've, I've lived for the Lord since 1977. That's when I received the Holy Ghost in February, by the way, the last part of February. Might have been leap year, I don't know. I can't remember. I know one thing, I was leaping when I got the Holy Ghost. I was excited. But as we grow in God, um, if, if I'm the same as I was in 1977, there's something wrong with my growth pattern in the spirit. If you have a child, a baby, and that baby doesn't grow, and that baby is 20, 25 years old, and it's still a little baby, you would be very concerned. Matter of fact, you'd be concerned a whole lot sooner than that. You would be concerned after that child gets to a year old, or maybe even sooner than that. If that child hasn't grown, you would be concerned that something's wrong here. You would be concerned about it. should be the same thing in the spirit. If we're not growing in God, we need to be concerned. We need to do everything we can to grow in God. Can I hear an amen? We're getting quiet in here. I'm getting nervous. and uh, We need to grow in God. If we start out in the spirit, as Galatians 3 and 3 says, having begun in the spirit and are now made perfect by the flesh, something's wrong with the growth in the spirit. There's nothing wrong with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the flesh that's getting in your way. It's the power of the flesh that is blocking the way. God can do anything. His spirit can do anything. He can speak the word and you can be super spiritual. He can speak the word and you could have been a robot super spiritual if you wanted to. But that's not what he wants. He wants someone that loves him because that's your choice to love. Not because he forces you or programs you to do it. It's because you love him. You walk with him and live for him because you love him. He wants a relationship, a love relationship him and you and you and him through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Thank God for that. I don't want my wife to love me because I force her to love me. And I'm sure it's the same thing reversed there too. We want a relationship because we love each other. And that's the way the Lord is. Walking in the Spirit. He wants you to crave that walk in the Spirit. You walk in the flesh, that's all you're going to think about is yourself. Self, self. You'll forget about God. It's whatever pleases the flesh. There's a lot of people out there in this world right now who are pleasing the flesh. There might even be people in, in churches that are trying to please the flesh. But you've got to get back to that place in the Spirit. Keep the Spirit alive within you. Walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Worship 
in the Holy Ghost. Let the glory of God flow. There's a powerful move of God's spirit that moves in this church when we worship and when we begin to pray. Amen. We need to allow that just to flow through us. And this relationship with God is not something we have to force, that we have to force. It needs to be something that just flows through us. We need to enjoy living for God. We don't live for God. I went to church uh, when I was 14 years old, and I, I love going to church. You couldn't, before I received the Holy Ghost, you couldn't hardly get me in a church. Made all kinds of excuses not to go to church. I went to church because I respected my great-grandmother, and she was one that was taking me, or trending. she had a ride to come and pick her up and pick me and my brother up, take us to church. I didn't want to go, but after I received the Holy Ghost, you couldn't keep me out of the house of God. I got upset when my dad, I had to go on service calls with my dad to fix some furnaces, and I would kept telling dad, hey dad, we're going to be late for church. You need to get this fixed. We're going to be late for church. It's, it's not going to work. <laughs> So I'd be standing over and praying, God, help him find out what the problem is with his furnace so he can get it fixed and we can go to church. That's the change that happened in my life. What a change. I remember one time he was working on an air conditioner and there was a leak and we could not find the leak anywhere. He had leak detectors going through this thing and all of a sudden I just said, Lord, show us where it's at so we can go to church. All of a sudden, there was a little sight glass that you look to see bubbles. Some of you know what I'm talking about in the line. I pulled the cap off of that, and I shot some soap bubbles on that, and it started bubbling. I said, Dad, there it is. There it is. And he fixed it, and we went to church. What a change. What a change. You see, that's what the Holy Ghost does for you. And I started out in the spirit, and I don't want to end it in the flesh, because the flesh is death. You see, there's some powerful things that happen in the spirit. We could stand up here and testify all night long of some powerful things that have happened in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. You got testimonies. You got testimonies of what God has done. You got testimonies where you prayed people through the Holy Ghost. It was you and them. God gave you a word. You spoke to them. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came into their life. I remember a youth convention. I was on the youth committee in Illinois. And I, can't, I think it was in Effingham, Illinois, years ago. And um, I remember this young man was down at the altar praying. And I was praying for different ones. And this young man was laying at the altar. And he was praying, praying for a long time. And some others were gathered around him. And he just couldn't break through. And felt like the Lord told me, he's, I just, I, he just told me, you need, to, you need to build his faith. So I went over to him, and the Lord just gave me a, some words to speak to him. I, I, I told him, okay, stop worshiping. I have something I feel like I need to tell you. And I said, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Do you believe that? He said, yes, I believe it. I said, do you believe that when I put my hand upon your head, 
that you're going to speak in tongues and God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He said, I do. I said, raise your hands. And I, he raised his hands and I put my hand, as soon as I put my hand on his head, he started speaking in tongues. It wasn't me. It was God. God directed me to build his faith because his faith evidently was low and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I can't fill people with the Holy Ghost, but I can be directed by the Spirit of God for the Lord to speak a word to them that they need at that very moment. And that's what God wants to do in all of us. It needs to be a joy to live for God. And it is. It's not something we just have to come to the house of God, God and just let's force this thing. Let's, let's get this thing moving. You know, when we do it in the flesh, it's going to be absolutely nothing. But when we do it in the spirit, the power of God is moving in the house of the Lord. There's going to be miracles in the house. There's going to be people filled with the Holy Ghost. There's going to be healings. There's going to be cancers fall off. There's going to be some powerful things in the spirit. We just got to lead people into that faith and trust in God. I was talking to Brother Reeves um, several years ago. Um, I did a lot of work for his for the home under heating air conditioning systems and and um there was a, a word he spoke and uh he was a man of faith, seen a lot of miracles, and uh he spoke a word that said, um, if you can lead people in faith, then God can do anything. If you lead people in faith, God can do anything. I think a lot of it is sometimes people just don't have that level of faith. They just need to be lifted up in faith. But if we have faith, that just shows to me that if you have faith, you can have what you ask. What's, what's the Bible say when you, when you seek, you shall find, ask. When you knock, when you knock, it's going to be open. When you seek, you shall find it. When you ask, it shall be Given to you? Is that right? Because of faith. Well, what is preaching? What is teaching? It's taking the word, giving you understanding, and building your faith. Faith in the word. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the word of God. So, as we walk in the spirit, it builds our faith. Matter of fact, um, something that I... Uh, that came to me years ago. Part of it was through a book I was reading at that time about the moving of the Spirit. And it was about faith. No, it, it was about praise releases faith. Praise releases faith. And the thing about that is when you begin to praise the Lord, the Bible says that it's His Word. He inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits the praise of his people and he comes near. When we begin to praise the Lord, the reason why we feel the movement of the Holy Ghost is because we're worshiping God. He, he loves when his people worship. And as we worship, the Spirit of the Lord begins to move in the house and we begin to feel the glory of God fill that place. There's glory all around. There's angels in the house of the Lord. There's God's presence is there. But Angels usher in the presence of God. But the power of God is there. And what happens to your faith when you feel the presence of God? 
your faith begins to shoot up. And you feel like that God can do anything. You see, when you walk in the Spirit, your faith rises. And powerful things happen in faith. It's our identity. Not walking after the flesh. There's a lot of things we can do. We can figure it all out on our own. and We think we can anyway. We can figure it out. We can perfect it. We can... We can do great things in the flesh. It's just not going to have the miracle and the supernatural that we're wanting to see and experience. Yeah, it could look good on the surface, what we do in the flesh, but just a moment's time in the spirit, everything changes. Just a, just a moment in the presence of the Lord, everything can change. That's the reason why I, I'm a firm believer that we continue to keep the door open for souls, for prodigals, for backsliders, for people's lives because one moving of the Spirit of God can change it all. One word that God gives to the preacher or the teacher speaks the word that God gave them in a moment's time, everything can change and turn around. I'm a firm believer in that. We keep loving people. We keep the door open. We keep people, keep encouraging people to come. We're here for them and ministering to them. And just a moment's time. God can do a work in just a moment's time where we could, it would take us years and years, and we still don't get there in the flesh. But just a little touch of God and his anointed power and what a miracle that it brings forth. More of the reason why the apostolics need to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I'm excited. I'm excited because I know what God wants to do and what he is doing and where we're going as we walk in the Spirit. Because when we walk in the Spirit, it kills that relationship with the flesh. It mortifies it. It kills it. And we walk toward the Lord. Praise God. I'd like for us to stand tonight. I hope and pray that something that has been said, a teaching, will be helpful for you to walk with God. It's not me killing the flesh, it's me walking in the spirit that kills the flesh, puts it in its place. Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for the power of his spirit. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We worship you.